Welcome to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how Feng Shui can help you lead a more balanced and peaceful life. Now, here is Catherine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Feng Shui Way. I'm your host, Catherine Dean, and we have another special guest and a lot of interesting information on how possessions can make or break your relationships. I'm excited to tell you about this week's guest, Suzanne Roynon, who will explain how she pairs feng shui with what she calls interiors therapy. Suzanne will share how she is able to get a feel for a client's home and understand what they are looking for in terms of an outcome. You will learn how certain items, decor objects, even art can have an effect on your home with what Suzanne calls interiors therapy. Now, we've touched on this before in previous episodes by talking about your home office and what's on your walls and how what you surround yourself with can affect your productivity and your overall mood. But this is a little different. Suzanne has written a best-selling book entitled Welcome Home, How Stuff Makes or Breaks Your Relationship. And today we will be diving deeper into how our possessions affect our relationships, not just your romantic relationships, but also with your friends children, and or business relationships as well. Her book is based on nine fundamental truths, some of which include the old you are, the more history you carry, and your history and experience influence your response to every situation. When we combine these universal truths and apply them and and then apply them to our possessions, we can see how possessions can carry meaning and not all of those meanings are happy or productive. Suzanne Roynon is an interiors therapy expert and member of the International Feng Shui Guild. She's based in the UK and works internationally. She will help you look differently at the possessions and clutter you keep around to understand how they may be harming your relationship, your health, wealth, your success, happiness, and your home life. She shares hints and tips to create a home and office space to love and propel you forward rather than keeping you tied to the past. In addition to her interiors therapy and feng shui consultancy and teaching, and being the author of the award-winning bestseller, Welcome Home, How Stuff Makes or Breaks Your Relationship, Suzanne is a BBC, Grand Designs Live, and Clean and Tidy Home Show expert, works with Metro, Sunday Time Style, Natural Health, Real Homes Magazine, Homes and Gardens, NZME, and many other national and international media and online organizations to share the advantages of living an interiors therapy lifestyle. Welcome, Suzanne Roynon. Welcome. Who is this woman? (laughs) (laughs) She is my very special guest today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be here. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you were able to join us, and I'm looking forward to diving a little deeper into... um, interiors therapy. And I would think that people would be curious about how it is that you are able to get a feel for a client's home. So I thought maybe we could start there. How does that happen? Well, I suppose it starts with an awful lot of experience, um, some personal experience of going into homes and noticing really the, the same things in homes where similar occurrences happen, you know, divorce homes, for example, you will see the same decor items, um, dried flowers, for example. Hmm. Oh, you find those so frequently in houses where a divorce is pending or it's happened or 
if you actually dig down into what's going on, the the relationship is is just drying up. And mm. you can mm. really compare these things and and what you see in various houses, some things will tell me, yes, you're really happy. This is going ever so well. This is fantastic. And and other things will say, no, actually, things are going quite wrong for you. I mean, obviously, uh, relationships are are the key thing for so many people. They want to know why a relationship is failing or they want to restore the relationship. So they might bring me in just to have a look around and say, right, what are these triggers? What are these things that are pushing your relationship away? And then if we deal yeah. with those, they start to restore it. You know, they start to to use the energy to make up for the the absence, the 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 disappointing energy, the sadness, the things that they've kept from their past that might well be impacting on their future. So it's a process. Uh, what I tend to do is jump on a WhatsApp, a, a WhatsApp video, mm-hmm. and my client will walk me around their home and I'll stop them and say, Oh, you know, tell me about this picture or what's that you've got there? And gradually we'll we'll pick up on what's going on. I always make sure before I speak to my client that I don't know what's going on in their life. I oh. want their home to tell me. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay. I think that's different than some of the other consultants I've talked to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You- I, I want to I want to go in basically basically with a blank slate because yeah. I want to see what the home is saying, what the um, you know, somebody will talk to me and say, Oh, it's got a really happy home. This happened earlier this week. Oh, yes, we're very happy. It's all been wonderful. And she was showing me around and I just said, Look, can I be blunt? And she said, Oh, yes, please do. And it's just like, this is not happy. One of you is extremely lonely. I suspect also that you're celibate and maybe don't want to be. And her face just dropped and she said, well, how do you know that? Oh, my gosh. Well, Holmes just told me that. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do about it? So... So no, please uh, continue your thought. Well, no, that, that's that's a sort of overall summary. A home will tell me what's going on in somebody's life, and I can then point them in the right direction for sorting that out. Or, you know, perhaps they don't want to sort that out. Perhaps they're very, they've got to being very comfortable where they are. But let's yeah. face it, if they contact me and they ask me to do a look around their home, then something's wrong and they would like to put it right. So well, I help them. Right. I know. And I wonder if, um, you know, I wonder how that, energetic connection can even happen when somebody is not aware now she told you or this you know you have experiences with clients telling you no everything's fine everything's good and then you look around and you see the telltale signs that it's not and um so it so she called in the first place is that an acknowledgement that things aren't right you know and then you go to the and then you go to the home so do you see so did you say earlier that you see the same kind of objects over and over again? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there, okay. are, there are some things that you will see time and time again. A single heart, you it's know, a, yeah. a single heart, a single candlestick. You know, we're taught in feng shui to use pear energy. I'm looking behind you. I'm seeing your beautiful lamps. I'm seeing your candlesticks. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got things there in pairs. Mm-hmm. If you are happy in a relationship, you almost, it's instinctive to get things in pairs, one for you, one for me. Yeah. 
If you are feeling lonely, resentful, very solitary, your instinct is to buy things singly. One cushion, one scented candle, one lamp. You know, I've I've seen around homes where there's one chair at the table. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a statement that is, right? It's it's a huge statement. And and the thing is, you know, I'm I'm using my feng shui, I'm using my interior therapy and using them in tandem to absolutely change the energy around people and their homes. Now, some people don't want to restore their relationship. Okay, that's fair, I guess. (laughs) They'll actually call me in to say, what do I need to do to get my partner out of here? And... Yeah, well. you don't, I don't encounter that very often. I, I My experience has been about enhancing the relationship. Yeah. Interesting. It, it, it varies. It absolutely varies. And um, sometimes you can see places that it's, it's obvious it's so far gone that yeah. in order for them to come back from it, it's going to be a huge mountain to climb but at least I put them in the right position where they can start climbing that mountain. Right. They can either climb the mountain or see the clarity of, um, you know, okay, it's a big mountain, but we can do it or, you know, it's too much trouble or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you bring up about the feng shui, you have quite a history with feng shui. You, um, you have trained in BTB and you used it for over 30 years. Um, which is my understanding, before retraining in flying stars, uh, which is a more traditional practice of feng shui. So why did you make the change? It boiled down to moving into an apartment and the BTB just not working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was enormously frustrating. And it wasn't just about me. It was about my family too. Yeah, And I'd had 30 years of you know, putting in my remedies, setting my intentions, laying everything out. And it worked fine. Yeah. It was fine. I got into this apartment, was tearing my hair out for four months. And then um, at the suggestion of my teacher, my BTB teacher, got a Flying Stars assessment done, put the uh, the remedies in, and things just took off. I just took off and it was like, oh, it was like the top blew off a box. You know, suddenly it was so much more intense and so much more successful for what I wanted and also for the rest of the family that I thought, no, I, I now want to understand this because if this is what I get in a very small apartment, what can I accomplish for my clients in their homes? And, and that was the, the thing that made me just shift across totally retrain fight everything I knew um, yeah and start the new process and yeah I I sometimes still rebel against it (laughs) the um the book actually um I use BTB in the book because I think it's such an an excellent way yeah to work you know just start initially with feng shui flying stars is it's immensely complex you know, yeah. you do need to have a lot of understanding, a lot of training. Um, yes, it's it's now five years since I retrained in Flying Stars, and the basis that I had in BTB was so incredibly valuable. Oh yeah, but yeah. I realise now that my teacher for all of that time was also installing 
aspects of traditional feng shui into my learning that interesting wouldn't necessarily have been there so it wasn't such a huge change for me but it was it was something I rebelled against for quite some while well you know that's that's uh it's a really good and interesting point because we know in in the feng shui uh world and in the through the International Feng Shui Guild, which of course, you know, not of course, but I'm also a member of, um, we do respect the different traditions because they all have value. And I love that your uh, your teacher advised you to go deeper with a Flying Star Consultation because, I mean, obviously somebody who's devoting their life to teaching is very committed to what they teach. And they, you know, that's valid and that's legitimate. But then when you see the struggle, I mean, it's kind of like anything else where, you know, if you try something and it works, then Eureka, you got your answer, you know what you're doing. But then if you keep trying and you go down road A and it's like, okay, I'm having some success, but it's not okay, maybe not what I'm really looking for. So you go down row B or or C and then you real, you know, and then you realize, okay, I really do. I need more help than what, or I just need a different, um, a different book from which to pull. Mm -hmm. And um, there it's all legitimate and it's all valid. So I just, it's absolutely valid. And You know, as I say, for 30 years, I used BTV very successfully. And, you know, my teachers said it very simply. If you've got a front door on a house, it's very easy for the chi to know where they're coming in. You know, that's that's where the, the, the energy enters there. It circulates. Great. If you've got an apartment where you're coming in, you're turning left, you're getting in the elevator, you're going up four floors, you're going along a corridor through a couple of fire doors. How does the chi reach you? It's a lot more complex. And that's where using then the compass directions. So you're tuning directly into the land that the apartment is built on. Mm-hmm. And so instead of relying on, on the energy coming through the door, you're pulling it up through the land. And I think that is the difference. Yeah. And, and you um, could, I just, it works could, for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're both um, we're both excited to get the, the word out. But please finish with that. No, that's what I'm saying. It, it just it's a, it's a way that has it's changed my way of being, and it has made the feng shui that I use for myself and with my clients so much more powerful that I would choose now to use flying stars as my first port of call. So, oh, uh, really? Okay. So, well, you're probably so adept at it by now, though. Yeah, and it just wouldn't be. Um, the bigger, the biggest challenge. Um, how do your clients respond then when you use, I suppose, for lack of a better term, a more complicated way of going about um, helping them? I think because they they have to fill in various forms and so on, give me their compass directions and everything before we start. So they know that it's going to be more detailed than you know, right, we're looking at the the left-hand side of your front door or the right-hand side of your front door, and they'll have a full report, which is, you know, around about 45 pages long, which gives them the information they need, and then we start from there. But I'm also working one-to-one 
with them to implement their remedies and their report. Well, it's all very fascinating, and we have a lot more to discuss with my guest, Suzanne Roynan, and we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll pick it up from there. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Feng Shui Way to Peace, Balance, and Abundance with Catherine Dean is about bringing the benefits of Feng Shui to the forefront, allowing everyone with an interest to learn and understand how its principles can work in one's day-to-day life. We'll demystify Feng Shui, show its many applications, and allow the listener to understand how and why it is so useful. The goal is to educate, entertain, and spread the word about using Feng Shui Way to bring about peace, balance, and abundance to one's life. The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Catherine Dean, your host of the Feng Shui Way, and I'm here with my guest, Suzanne Roynan, and we're talking about interiors therapy and how um, my guest uses it combined with feng shui. And so Suzanne, could you, um, we were talking about interiors therapy, we touched on it. Can you explain the interiors therapy process for those of us who haven't experienced it? For sure. So interiors therapy is a five-step process. And some of this will be quite familiar to anybody who's already working with feng shui. But what I've done is I've actually allocated everything into steps to make sure that the process goes through sort of in sequence. So the first thing to do is to talk about clarity. And clarity is where you're actually looking around a home, assessing what's working for you, uh, the the impact. We talked about art briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've got art on the wall, how does it make you feel when you look at it? Is it something that lifts your heart or makes it sink? Uh, 
for example, you might have a, a lady who over their living room fireplace has got a picture of two airplanes in combat from the Second World War. Mm. Maybe she's married to an ex-serviceman or a veteran, mm-hmm. something like that. And I'll say, you know, tell me, is this where the arguments start? Oh, And more often than not, that's exactly where the arguments start. So you, you're kind of looking around your home and you're assessing everything that is around you, what your decor items are saying to you. Uh, is your carpet threadbare? Is, you know, is that saying I, I'm broke, I'm, I'm lacking and mm-hmm. I can't afford to sort out my carpet? So all of those things all go into the clarity phase. You're starting to understand what your home is telling you. Once you've worked all of that out, we then go to stage two, which is about clutter. And clutter is where you look at everything that doesn't serve you in one way or another. So we we say, right, do you use it? Do you need mm-hmm. it? Do you love it? I mean, mm-hmm. we all know that in feng shui anyway, right. but it's just really going in deep. And everybody's clutter is totally unique to them. Right. So... If I'm working with a client, if I'm if I'm working with the the woman in a partnership, we will not touch anything that belongs to her partner okay. or to any child over about nine years old, because that is not hers to deal with. So we will literally only deal with her stuff. But clutter is is anything you don't use, need, or love. So you might have some extraordinarily expensive outfits in the wardrobe. But if you're not wearing them, if they don't fit anymore, yeah, they're clutter. Let those go. So then the next step is to clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is organizing where all of that stuff's going. Are you donating it? Are you selling it? Are you gifting it? Clearing it all out and then deep cleaning the house, really showing the house some real positive love, getting into every corner. And this isn't about calling your um, your cleaning service. And saying, oh, can you do an extra special thing? It's about you getting in there and really yeah. being connected to your home, understanding mm-hmm. what's behind those cupboards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we get to stage four, which is consolidate. And this is where we're starting to really activate the feng shui. And we're using the feng shui to identify each of the areas. Now, which whichever method you use, whether you're using traditional, compass or BTB, you're recognizing and acknowledging those areas. What have you got in those areas? Is it supportive? Have you got something like a globe in your travel area because you want to travel? Well, so great. Activate the energy there by popping a globe in. Um, Are there challenges that you're having with your friendships? Well, let's put affirmations in about, uh, you know, having strong, caring, courteous friendships put pair energy into your relationship area. You know, whichever method you use, you're activating your feng shui in those areas. And also what I love to do is a space clearing ceremony as part of stage four. I love, love, love (laughs) a space clearing ceremony for changing up the energy in a home. Mm -hmm. We'll routinely do one here, no matter what, every quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, just as the seasons change, we will space clear. But if we have a, a big change in circumstances, if there's been a period of illness or, um, you know, it's been particularly argumentative, not that we have arguments here, but 
you know, in the previous house, mm-hmm. it, there were a lot more frequent space clearings, shall we say. <laughs> um, and then the, the final stage is to create, and this is where you're actively using the law of attraction, you're manifesting the life and the lifestyle that you want. And um, we were just chatting very briefly before we started. And and I said that I've just manifested myself Christmas in the Caribbean. And, you know, that's been waiting for a while. So I'm yeah. really excited that by focusing my energy and my intention, you know, I've been able to to arrange that. So that's really exciting. And And this is something that everybody can do in their home. You know, you don't need an expert on hand to talk you through. That was that's what I wrote the book for. Yeah, you know, it, it was basically it started as a guide for my daughter. Um, oh, I see. Just in case I wasn't around to, you know, tell her what to do. She's grown up with feng shui. She's grown up with interior therapy, but it's very different growing up with it as opposed to knowing what somebody's doing. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, when you grow up with something too, and you're embedded in it, you don't realize that. not everybody does that, you know, like you go someplace else and you look for whatever's so common in your surroundings. And then when it's not there or somebody does it differently, it it brings, um, it it can be a little bit of a shock to the system. You know, you were talking about clarity with the artwork. And I, I remember I had a client one time who told me that she cannot sleep during the full moon. And that mm-hmm. her husband, her husband brought it to her attention that it's always the full moon. And so um, I said, well, let me see your bedroom. And she showed me her bedroom. It was a beautiful bedroom, beautiful furniture made up, you know, custom drapes, custom comforters, absolutely gorgeous. And I look and on the wall, which would be when she was lying in bed, it would be to the left of the foot of her bed was a picture of a jungle with a black panther crouched in the hunting position. And I looked at her. I said, you can't sleep during the full moon. And she said, no, I, I find it like so amazing. And I said, well, look at this predator that's staring at you. I said, what happens during the full moon? Everything is illuminated. Like, where do you hide? I said, do you really think this is the best place for this picture? And she said, I never gave it a thought. So I would think that the clarity portion of the interiors therapy would be probably, um, I don't know if it's the most impactful because I can see where it all works in tandem, but it's got to be maybe the most jarring, do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, there are some things that people bring into houses at the moment. All of these new schemes I'm seeing in interiors, magazines, they've all got pampas grass. So dried grass as a decor item in their living room. And it's dead energy. Yeah. You know, if something's died and dried out, it is dead energy simple as that and around that pampas grass there will be a pocket of dead energy of stagnation things are going nowhere and aside from anything else you know they attract spiders (laughs) who wants who wants to attract spiders into their homes oh my gosh a lot of people would not thank you very much (laughs) um but you know and this is exactly what dry flowers will do they'll they'll lure this this lostness into a home 
And and yet, you know, of course, so many, and this is where I, I often feel bad about saying these things because mm-hmm. there are so many businesses that are based on dry plants, yeah. you know, and, and I'm saying to my clients, please don't bring them into your home. Well, what about the silk flowers and the imitations? Okay, so um, where fresh flowers and fresh house plants, you know, living house plants, they will add to the wood energy in your home and they'll bring a vibrancy in as okay. long, you know, as long as they don't tip over into being a bit sad and, and um, wilty. Mm-hmm. But uh, the silk flowers will, they won't add to your feng shui basically. Yeah. But as long as you keep them clean and dust free, they can solve a problem. So if you've got a particularly dark spot, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have one here, we have a very beautiful silk orchid in that spot because it, it just lifts the darkness mm-hmm. there. But we have to constantly, you know, give it a little bit of a wash and brush up in the shower because yep. Yep. Um, they, they do attract dust. Um, the only time that you might use... Um, an artificial plant, and this would go whichever feng shui uh, method you're using. If you've got that sort of open front door to the back and you've got Mm -hmm. the energy rushing straight through, it might not be practical to put a large living plant somewhere. It It might not thrive if perhaps it's a long corridor or something like that, but you could then put a large artificial plant there and use it as a, a means of circulating the chi around rather than it rushing through a house. So that would be a feng shui way of using it. But, okay. uh, yeah, we, t- we tend to say that artificial stuff is dormant, just as wood furniture is dormant. It's not a wood remedy. It's dormant. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a very – it's a, a good question, and uh, we use them here, uh, but the yeah. nicest thing have fresh stuff. Yeah, I know the freshness and the vibrancy, and especially, I mean, uh, we have long, cold, dark winters here in Western New York, where I'm, where I live, um, and it, it's like winter never wants to let go. So, trying to get into the spring and summer months, it's like, will you come on already? Like this is April, and you're talking about snow, and then you see. I mean, it might be a silk you know, um, flower arrangement and it's still dark outside and, and you can see where, well, if nothing else, it's decorative, but it's not a feng shui cure. It's not a feng shui cure, Yeah, but if it makes you feel good, go for it. Go for it. So you were talking about clutter before and everybody is quite aware of clutter. Now there has been a very big movement about, um, you know, living more minimally and uh, letting go of things that don't serve you. What happens with the feng shui with clutter removal versus not removing the clutter? Yeah, I I think this is something that that various um, people have a slightly different view on. To my mind, feng shui will amplify whatever is around it. So it's um, it's a bit like it magnetizes more of whatever you've got. So I think if you've got a lot of clutter and you put your feng shui remedy in, you might sort the issue, but you'll also get yourself an awful lot more clutter that you have to deal with. And that might not just be physical clutter. It might be psychological clutter 
or some perhaps some health issues, something like that. So I always think the best thing that anybody can do for themselves, and you don't need an expert to come and help you do it, is come on in, just deal with this clutter, really understand, is this helping you? What is this adding to your life? Because, you know, we talked about things that don't fit you anymore. What is the point of having two closets full of clothes that have still got their labels on? That will never fit you again. Mm -hmm. But you keep them because you paid a lot of money. Well, sorry, lovely. Let's get those out and let's give you the closet space for something that you can wear and that you can enjoy instead of you feeling guilty every time you open the door that you're not wearing that stuff and you've just wasted thousands of dollars. You know? well, I do. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I get the point. And, and I, I also get where people are coming from, like, I can't let go of it. I can't admit defeat. I can't, you know, I can't believe that it's never going to fit me again. Or how could I have spent that money and, and never wear it? Um, it it's, I mean, I think that's the block to people being able to let go of some of these things. And I remember telling somebody once, um, it spent some money and the endeavor didn't work out. And I said, just take the hit. It's okay. You can move on. You can brush yourself off. It's going to be okay. But I think that's really very difficult for a lot of people to embrace. So how do you... This is exactly where interior therapy is is different to a little bit of decluttering. Okay. Because you're changing your whole perspective on stuff. When you start to realize the negative impact it has on all parts of your life to be holding on to things that are making you feel miserable or guilty. I mean, there there are reasons for clutter, habit, fear, guilt, confusion Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sometimes spite you know people will hold on to things in order to prevent somebody else from having it and that might happen in a divorce situation it might happen if you know there's a, a legacy situation you know that the sister wants this particular item but you're going to keep it because you don't want her to have it you know that's oh, wow your clutter but you imagine the negativity surrounding that item right then that's what interior therapy teaches you. It's a whole new way of looking at clutter. And that's why it's so powerful. And once you've got the hang of it, it's permanent because you develop such a low tolerance for any clutter in your house that it it doesn't become an issue anymore. So it sounds like in addition to being a feng shui expert and an interiors therapy expert, you're a little bit therapist too. <laughs> I'm trained as a life coach as well. Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. I I think I did see that in your bio and I, I uh, yes, it escaped me for the moment, but I can see where it's so valuable in the work that you do. Totally. Definitely. So there is so much within the interiors therapy. It's not just feng shui and it's not just those five elements of it. It's quite the combination of it all. So there's quite a bit there. That's what makes it so powerful and so different. Yes. So we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about your book and a little bit more about interiors therapy. So I'm talking with Suzanne Roynan, and we'll be right back. 
Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Did you know that the quality of our daily lives is directly influenced by the design of our built environment? Our homes, our work, the way we move, and where we play are all shaped by the design of our cities. This thought-provoking new show from architect, urban designer, and educator, Carrie Pennebod, examines the complex forces that shape the making of our physical world. Lively conversations with leading experts in a variety of fields engage some of the greatest challenges facing our cities today, including climate change, affordable housing, embedded technologies, infrastructure design, architecture and the arts, urban policy, social mobility, and much, much more. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, so that together we can design a better world. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Catherine Dean, and we're talking with Suzanne Ronan, who is our interiors therapy expert, author of Welcome Home. Oh, my goodness. I just lost the... What's the name of your book there, Suzanne? (laughs) It's Welcome Home, How Stuff Makes or Breaks Your Relationship. Well, you know, we've spent a lot of time on the stuff and the clutter and how the feng shui works with all of that and um, the space clearing. And I know that you happen to have worked with Karen Kingston, who is very well known in the decluttering world. So if anybody has done any reading or research on decluttering, they're definitely going to come across Karen Kingston. And then um, my understanding is that uh, she advises from, from a feng shui perspective as well. When you were working with her, what kind of feng shui ideas did she recommend to you? Well, Karen, um, I mean, and, and I say it's going back over 35 years, you know, this is That's how long I've been involved with it. Um, it's amazing. And I was I was in a very, very challenging situation uh, with my life at that time. And so basically, I just, um, I asked Karen Kingston to come and space clear the place I was living in. Mm-hmm. And um and she, I mean, this would actually now, thinking about it, it would be about 
28, 29 years ago that she came. And she came and did the space clearing ceremony. But before she was prepared to do that, I had to deal with all of the clutter in the place. She oh. she does not go and do a space clearing while there is clutter in okay. a space. And um, I guess, you know, had I wanted to work with her on the clutter, she would have come and done that with me. But I, I was pretty much there. And mm-hmm. um, so when she came around, what she did was she just made sure that all, I understood where all of my areas were. And then she did the ceremony and I loved how she did the ceremony. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was breathtaking to watch yeah. it happen. Oh, wow. And I've taken elements of what she did. And that's what I use now in my space clearing ceremonies, just to to lift the energy so high. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she's on the most incredible vibration. And of course, what she's using is BTB. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the books, um, Space Clearing with Feng Shui and Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui became my Bibles for such a long time. And I have the most incredible respect for what she does. You know, she's yeah. an amazing woman. Yeah. Very, very clued up. And uh, so, yeah, the the Feng Shui that she used was BTB. That's what I was using at the time. And um, yeah, I, I, I still value very much her words and wisdom. Well, I mean, when they're solid and they're grounded in that deep knowledge, you know, when you were talking too about connecting um, with with your land, even if you're in a, in a building, there is something very well healing and nurturing and comforting about being feeling that connection no matter where your feet actually are in relation to the ground because you could be five you know stories up or four whatever you had mentioned before and uh but you can still feel grounded and there's plenty of things out there that stop us from feeling that groundedness and so yeah and so with your with the knowledge that's in your book I mean, people really could get a great head start on getting themselves, having their home, being their nurturer and their healer. You know, that's that's my personal quest is to have everybody feel that incredible um, connection to their home. And there's many different ways to do it. And so um, I love hearing that there's just the differences and then there's the tried and trues, like... Um, I'm not going to do a space clearing unless the clutter is is gone. I mean, yeah, or doing a feng shui adjustment when there's clutter there. And I hadn't looked at it the way you looked at it, which proves your point about teaching a whole different way of looking at something that the feng shui can enhance. So you can enhance the energy or you can enhance the clutter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think it pays not to magnetize any more clutter into a home if you can possibly avoid it. You know, I, I I think if if you're in a particularly challenging situation, um, in Flying Stars, we talk about house types, you know, houses that are good for people and money, bad for people and money, good for people, but bad for money, uh, bad for people, good for money. Now, if you're in a house that is bad for people and bad for money, I can tell you that is like living in quicksand. It's awful. And so in that situation, you might actually benefit from getting your remedies in, but actively working on the clutter as uh-huh. you go. Yeah. But what you would never want to do is say, okay, well, I don't care that my house is a hoarder's paradise. I'm going to put these feng shui remedies in 
and then everything in my life will be fine and dandy because it won't. You know, you do have to work with your house. It isn't a case of, oh, I'll just bung these in and everything will be fine. No, you have to work with your house. You have to listen to your house, pay attention and understand where you're you're creating blockages and stagnation. If the chi can't get around because of your clutter, you're not going to get the benefit of your feng shui the way somebody else would. Yeah. And I, I feel like that is an important reminder because it's not a quick quick fix. It really is helping you attach to your home, taking ownership, taking responsibility for your comfort. And there's just so much more to, to, um, it's not enough to just call your friendly neighborhood feng shui consultant and say, I need a consultation. And then, okay, thank you very much. And now everything's going to be fine. You know, you have to roll up your sleeves and get into you it. You have a bit. to show your home that you love being there. As yeah. you know, you use exactly the right word, Catherine, you have to attach to your home. And the thing is so many people have detached from their homes because things have been going wrong um, that, you know, things they've been unwell or things aren't going well at work with their relationship. And they start to hate everything about life. Yeah. And their, their home reacts, basically. You know, you are creating this, this sort of festering flow of energy around you. Well, all you're going to get back is more festering, frankly. So let's let's up the vibration. Let's bring in the positive energy to circulate around your whole home and then you will feel the benefits of it and you will feel the benefits incredibly I mean they change lives they change families they change a whole perspective and it's just so powerful and this is what I love so much about feng shui is it has the ability to transform lives but it isn't a case of well snap your finger and that's it done you have to make an effort. The best things in life you make an effort for. They don't just get handed to you on plate. Well, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, it sounds, you know, it sounds a little on the spiritual side too. And you had mentioned that one of the things in uh, uh, interior design or decor is the pompous grass, the dried grass. But I also know that like deities, like the Buddha or religious statues are also, you know, people can, I know the Buddha has been used in decor as well. And I noticed in your book that you address that. Can you share that with us? Yes. So first and foremost, I want to say that the, the Buddha and any of the other great spiritual deities are absolutely to be revered. Whichever religion you follow or no religion, these incredible religious symbols deserve reverence. However, if you are not a practicing Buddhist, then why have you got a Buddha in your home? We quite frequently find them in bedrooms and in bathrooms. Now, if you are a practicing Buddhist, you will have a shrine. It's called a butsan. And this is where your images, your statue of the Buddha sits. It's such an important place. It's it's your prayer corner. It's where you go to meditate. It's a highly spiritual location in your home. You will never have a Buddha in your bathroom or in your bedroom. You will never have one anywhere that you would be seen naked or 
in intimacy or on the loo. <laughs> you know, it's just so disrespectful right. to the Buddha. And yet we find them in TJ Maxx and it's just, oh, yes, let's bring one in and put it in the bathroom. You know, yeah. it's just wrong, wrong, wrong. Now, when we talked earlier about um, things that I might spot when I'm walking around a house, Quite frequently, if I find a, a Buddha anywhere except for in the knowledge and spirituality gua, I will know that the family are, that the parents are probably celibate. Uh, somebody is feeling extremely lonely. And potentially they've also got some quite significant financial problems. Because if you think about the life of the Buddha, he chose to leave his family, to follow a spiritual path. He chose to live on the charity of others. So he gave away all of his wealth. He gave away his home. He walked away from being a prince in order to, to lead this incredible spiritual journey through life, which is yeah. where he wanted to be. And that meant that he was a solitary being. Yes, he would connect with people, but it was his inner journey that was his focus. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe, and what I see in the homes I work in is that people are inadvertently putting themselves on that same journey by bringing images of the Buddha into their homes when they are not practicing Buddhists. So it's just one of those things. And I think any deity should not be in a bedroom. You know, your pictures of angels, your pictures, mm -hmm. uh, your, your Ganesha statue, if you want to remove some obstacles, you know, for goodness sake, please don't have him looking at you in your underwear. It's not okay. You know, these, these are so important, so spiritual. Yeah. And if you're going to have them, then keep them in your knowledge and spirituality area mm -hmm. and actually show them the respect that they deserve. They aren't decor items. They are incredibly powerful tools. If you're going to use them, great, but use them properly. And well, I, do I get think quite worked up about that. <laughs> you know, it's um I have never heard anybody speak about that before. So I think that's really valuable insight and incredible knowledge. I'll bet you have um really shocked some of your clients when you've said, Well, I'll bet you're celibate, or you know, yeah. are you having money trouble? It's like what what? <laughs> How do you know that? And um but that's you a do have to really, you have to be very, very sure before you say something. As an mm -hmm. interior therapist, you know, I will actually ask people, how blunt can I be? Because oh, well, if they, they yeah. don't want to hear it, there's no point. All I can sort of do is tiptoe around it and say, you know, are you feeling quite lonely in your relationship? And, yeah. and you know, they don't want to hear. Well, actually, <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> it's not happening in your bedroom and yeah. perhaps you would like it to. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. It's, I, I am certain that people just are not making the connections between what's happening in their life and the things they surround themselves with you know, like you had mentioned about the single items. Um, before we go, because we're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon, which makes me sad. Um, what about broken items? I think in terms of, you know, that's my favorite candle holder or whatever. And it's got, it, it's something broke off of it. I can glue it back on. You know, I, I want it. I want to keep it. What about broken things that are sitting on the shelf? 
I, I think in any branch of feng shui, people will say to you, don't keep items that are broken or that are, um, you know, repair it and use it by all means, but mm-hmm. it will always be damaged. And perhaps that's not supporting your energy. So consider, you know, if that's damaging the energy around it, do you love it so much that it's worth you keeping it here or mm-hmm. actually is it time to let it go? And if I'm working with somebody, and I see, so I'm thinking about a little a little fish that had been made in pottery class at school and it lost a fin. And I just said, well, if you love it, keep it. But just bear this in mind. And you know, two visits later, it had gone. But the two previous visits, it was there and it stayed mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. the family were ready to say, yeah, okay, thank you. You've, you've given us what we wanted and now it's time that we just say, yeah, we'd rather have our home and our family whole, thank you, than... Any, any any element of it being broken. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think too, like you were saying, um, maybe two visits, it was there and then you go and it's not there. So there's a process of letting go, it seems, you know, so. But that's um, fine. You know, well, I'll never ever walk into a place and say, hey, you've got to get rid of that. I'll say, this is the potential issue that might come from this, but only you make the decision. Yeah, I mean, there could also be a level of discomfort that people are willing to tolerate until they're in a better place. And then it's like, okay, now it's intolerable. And this item just doesn't have that meaning for me anymore. Yeah, but that's kind of a a process. Yeah. And and I think it's, um, I, I think that's all good. So you've got a lot of, a lot of advice in your book, a lot of BTB feng shui, Um, We have about a minute left. Everybody's interested in their love and relationship enhancements. And so before we go, I mean, do you have any favorites that you want to share? Oh, it's just about pairs. And, you know, choose art for your love and relationship area, which reflects the relationship that you want for yourself. You know, you you mentioned the lady who'd got a picture of a Black Panther. Well, Mm -hmm. that doesn't really sound very love and relationship-ish. Have two Black Panthers curled up together? Great. Penguins, people. Have something that, you know, the couple is walking towards you rather than walking away. Try to avoid a lot of water in an image. You know, that's all about um, tears and tantrums, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that water energy, very emotional. So I would avoid those. But just, you know, basically bring things into your relationship area that define the kind of relationship that you want for yourself. And I think you can't go wrong with that. So our items, our surroundings, our homes, the symbolism that we bring in, the statues or the um, deities that we bring in, all of these things are having an effect. Um, Suzanne Roynan, it's just been an incredible hour. I appreciate so much that you were here with us and your book, I won't forget it this time called Welcome Home, How Stuff Makes or Breaks Your Relationship. I'm so thrilled you could share all of your knowledge. Well, just tap into some of your knowledge for the past hour. And um, I'm very grateful that you've been able to to be here today. I absolutely loved it. Really appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you, Catherine. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean.
Thanks for tuning in to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. We hope today's episode has helped you understand the importance of Feng Shui in everyday life. Until we talk again, enjoy your week as you welcome in peace, balance, and abundance.